Hello everyone, welcome to episode 2 plus 3 of the Kicking About podcast. Uh, we'll explain why in a second. Uh, it's me, Nathan, back again. I'm joined today by Tim. Hey, hey. And no Ty. He went missing. Ty is, Ty is not here this week, unfortunately. Uh, he will be back next week. Uh, I'm sure you'll all miss his controversial it, football opinions. It, it depends on who you are, because you know, fortunately, for some, his brother got married. So congratulations to Ty's brother. Well done, Ty's brother. Um I mean, the other blessing to that is that we both don't have to put up with Ty's controversial football. Oh my goodness, yeah. I'm it sure he can't one. wait to be back, but you know, I can't wait for him to be back. Yeah, I could, I could give it another couple of weeks, to be honest. So the reason why you have missed out on an episode this week is because um, uh, yours truly over here yes, yours uh, truly. lost the audio track when we did the recording. Yikes! And then today, uh, as we're recording this, I spilled Pepsi on my computer. So it hasn't been good. Two, rec- it hasn't been a, a good recording sessions for us. You know what though? It's not been the best two weeks. But uh, you know, if we can all give some love to Tim, because Tim does a lot for this podcast. So he may have lost a week's podcast, and he may have spilled Pepsi over his MacBook, but he is still an absolute hero. So we can just share some love for Tim. I will absolutely be starting a GoFundMe page uh, for <laughs> repairing my MacBook. <laughs> oh, the cost! The cost. Uh, <laughs> Okay, so that's why we're calling this one 2 plus 3. We're going to debate the new topics we have this week, but mm-hmm. also we're going to touch on a couple of things that we did talk about last week that we thought were quite good debating points. Yeah. Um, as I've mentioned debating, we are going to change the format slightly. The first two, well, the first episode, I can't say the first two anymore. The first episode was very much content based on the games that happened at the weekend and us giving predictions and so on and so on. We want to make this podcast more fun more engaging and more controversial at times um so we're making this podcast more about the debating than the actual reviewing and previewing going forward um i so think ty would love this ty, ty will love this because he's very opinionated because he loves hot takes he does love hot takes and he, ty is also someone you can't bargain with he has annoyingly been correct on most of his hot takes he has he has to be fair um yeah so yes um, also, there will be no predictions this week, um, just because Ty can't be here. So it'd be unfair for us to go ahead and do some without him, and then make him lose out on potential points. I'm going to quickly <laughs> sip on my Pepsi away from my MacBook. Oh yeah, please, please do, please do. Okay, so we are currently recording this on the 31st of August, and we know what that means: transfer deadline day. Dun, 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 dun. It's been a big one. My phone has been blowing up all day. I, I have tweet notifications turned on for Fabrizio, what absolute hero that guy is. Um, and my phone has been going crazy all day with transfer stories, rumours, and and things like that. Um, looks like as well, you know, we're currently 10 to 9. It looks like there's still a fair few deals that can go through as well. I'm seeing Real Madrid have gone in from Bappe again, but it's potentially going to get turned down. I've seen Chelsea are still negotiating with Sal, uh, Griezmann to Atletico Madrid. So still lots of deals to be done so far today. Um, any highlights from today so far, Tim? Um, I suppose Dan James leaving. I love the lad. Um, he plays hard. He doesn't seem too boastful. He, you know, he runs really hard. Admittedly, that's the only thing he does well. Um, he's, he's all right. He's, he's all right. right. Yeah, he's all right. Like, but with the additional of Cristiano Ronaldo, and then you have Sancho, um, and then hopefully Martial finds some form. Oli seems to have faith in him. 
Uh, Rashford coming back eventually. Um, it's just a really load at front, you know, uh, almost at front court because of basketball, but like a front, you know, forward positions filled up. And there's just not a lot of opportunities for Dan James, especially spending, we're spending half a mil on Cristiano Ronaldo every week. We kind of have to free up some space. Yeah, I mean, two interesting points as well is I did see a video the other um, the other night now of yeah. Leeds fans singing to Dan James, you're two, to play for Leeds. Oh. Uh, guess what their four-letter word with it began with S, ended in T, and it was offensive. Um, <laughs> so, which is very interesting because obviously now he's going to be playing for Leeds mm. every week probably. Hey, interesting here. Um, Takehiro Tomiyasu. Uh, who was long been uh, linked with Tottenham. I know you go with this, yeah. He's signed for Arsenal. No, so another 20 million euros plus 3 million euros in add-ons. Hey, any East Asian you know members of the community coming to uh, the Premier League is always welcome. If you can't tell, I am an East Asian person. It's, g- it's good to have representation though, because you look at... I remember I was trying to collect this last season... I was trying to identify and collect every single jersey uh, uh, f- of players of East Asian descent in the Premier League. And it was really easy. And as painful as it was, it was um, Minamino of Liverpool yep. and Sun Hyung-min of Tottenham. Is that it? That's it. Uh, when did, did you... Uh, she, I was trying to think of when Yoshida left Southampton, but I guess that was a couple of years ago now. Yeah, it's just two. I, I, I was shocked myself, but... Um, Good to have number three. Still not a Man United one. Another. Oh, I suppose I won't feel as bad buying Arsenal jersey. United have had a good couple over the years, haven't they? Um, Parji Ka- Song. Yeah. Kagawa. Kagawa had, had of the. Th- was I think he was with us for three years. He had one and a half good years. Because completely misused by Moyes. And it's kind of he was meant to play behind Rooney, but then we bought uh, Van Persie the same season. Yeah. So pushed him out yeah. of position. True. Uh, to be fair, another interesting post I saw about Ars- uh, Arsenal, Man United, um, saw today that apparently Ronaldo, Sancho mm. and Varane together are earning more than 13 of the 20 Premier League squad's whole staff, Yeah, including Leicester and West Ham, who are both European teams this well, year. If you think about how much, okay, I don't, uh, how much is Sancho earning, 250? Uh, I believe him and Varane were very similar. I think it was three fifty. Oh my days! Um, and then Let you me have. See if I can find it again quickly. Ronaldo's earning half a mil after tax. Mad, isn't it? Which I kind of feel like we weren't planning for, but because he was getting so close to being signed by Man City, which would be an absolute disgrace by any one on the Man United board or management, they had to do it. Yeah. And maybe, I don't know if Man City was being funny or maybe they're just trying to do it just to get Man, Man United spe- waste money. Uh, but but if we get, you know, if that takes us over the edge, why not? True, true. I think we, as expensive as it is, if it helps Oli Briggs' duck. I guess it's trophies, isn't it? Like you have to spend money now to win trophies. It's not like it used to be where you could get away with making minimal signings and you could challenge for a league. Mm. Nowadays, you have to spend the money to bring in the good players to then have that chance because without it, I mean, you look at the likes of Man City, you look at the likes of Chelsea, they've had big backing from investors and that's got results. 
And I remember when we on on our way to recording, I was telling you about how like football still has a little bit of, you know, a romance in it. And but every day when I hear stuff like this, even if it's my own club, it just takes away the romance in it a little bit more for me. Yeah. And it's just becoming more and more Americanized, I suppose. It is. Yeah. It is and and yeah, that's the that that's the money. That's yep. the money now. I mean, a lot of a lot of clubs uh, do have. I mean, you look at it this year. I mean, Arsenal have American owners, mm. and they're now the biggest vendors. Yeah. And as you said with Tomiyasu, that's another twenty million, uh, twenty million euros. Goodbye, though. Very goodbye. Hopefully, a bit of stability. That's what they need. Yeah. It's what they need. Um, okay, so let's go into our first debate of this week. Um, it's one we had last week. And it was about Trent Alexander-Arnold. Um, at the time, like me, you and Ty, we had a great debate on this. Um, the one thing I put up at the time was after watching the Liverpool-Norwich game, yep. I believe it was. Um, one of my things with Trent is I, I think Trent is an amazing attacking fullback. I think he's got some really good qualities and if he's probably the best attacking right back in the world even fullback. Um but I feel like he's missing something defensively. Mm. And I can't put my finger on it yet. Um but it's a tough one because I feel like there's so many people out there that are for Trent because of his attack and play, because yep. of his deliveries, because of his set pieces. And but Liverpool I, was playing really really attractive football for a few years. That helps. They were and he, and I can't remember if this is you or Ty that said this last year, but uh, last year, last week. Um, but they were he was playing with a you know a fully fit midfield yep. who were in their prime. Yep. Um he had Van Dyke next to him, mm-hmm. he had Matip next to him, Lovren, you know, these were players who at the time were playing their best football and maybe his weaknesses weren't picked up on as much because he was a young, promising right back and you know, they were forgiven at the time because he was promising. Yeah. Whereas now well, he's twenty two, going into twenty three. And maybe you notice them more because he's now getting older and kind of developing into his best years. And the the players playing directly in front of him probably aren't pressing as hard and for as long as they did as they do now. So it exposes Liverpool a little bit more when yeah. they play Trent Alexander Arnold. That's not to say he's a bad player or Liverpool is a bad team, as hard as it is for me to say it. They are still a really, really good team. They have one of the strongest starting eleven. Um, that team, even with you know, with against another high pressing team, is still going to be really, really threatening. But it exposes them more. I wouldn't be surprised if at the end of the season you look at um, heat map of uh, teams that how teams have set up against uh, uh, Liverpool. They attack more down um, Liverpool's right, which is where Alexander Arnold plays, uh, and how. Klopp is going to address that with owners that don't want to spend big. I don't really know. Yeah, yeah, true. I mean, Liverpool aren't known for their amazing squad depth. Um, you can see that from the fact that, you know, they're promoting a lot of youth, Curtis Jones, Harvey Elliott. And good for them that for doing it, but at the same time, you look at Man United, who we've been playing youths for so long, um, and we just haven't broke the duck. Yeah. Yeah, true. And I guess that moves me on to the next question, which we kind of touched on last week going into the international break. And that was, you know, is Trent good enough to start for England? Obviously, last week we didn't have Southgate's squad announced yet. 
this mm. year we do. This year, oh, I keep saying the year, man. This <laughs> this week we this do. Such a long week. Um, this feels like a year. <laughs> uh, this week we do, and we can see that he's taken the four right backs again, looking like, or looking more likely that Trippier is going to be left back coverage. Yeah. But where do you rank Trent amongst the four right backs? Say, Trippier, Walker, James, and Trent. Like, if you were to rank them, where would you rank each of them? Based on overall player, because obviously they'd be different defensive and attacking, yep. but overall so, is a so right. So Trent, back. Trippier, Walker, who's the last one again? Reese James. Reese James. Over, okay, I'm, I'm kind of my view on this is kind of skewed by Kyle Walker's performance at the Euros. Okay. Because I'm, I get, I'm guessing we're talking. I don't know. It's, it's really hard to like have a complete objective view on it. But I wasn't too impressed with Kyle Walker over the halfway line in England. Obviously, he's been asked to play in most of things, either as a back three or a centre three in a back five. Yeah. Um, and so him going forward hasn't been that impressive. And in today's game, you need, if you're playing as a right back, you need to be really... Again, If he's, it's different when he's playing as a centre back. But I just, I just feel like the way England has set up during the Euros, whenever he crosses the halfway line, he just looks so indecisive. I feel like the way now as well, yeah. the back three doesn't need him anymore. Like no. the way England play with that four-two-three-one is that yeah. you've got Rice who tends to drop into the back two, which then spreads Maguire and Stones out, for mm. example, so that Shaw, Chilwell, Walker, Trippier, they can get forward along with Calvin Phillips, and we've still got that three coverage. But Kyle Walker, as a last man before the keeper, absolutely outstanding during the yeah. Euro tournament. Yeah. Like the amount of time he's he, because of his pace coming from the far side. And lashed its tackles, pressurizing the uh, the front ball carrier has been so important to where England set up. So yes, it's it's a really tricky one. Overall, I think Kieran Trippier brings the most versatility of the four. With set piece, he's above average, not the best, but above average, both going forward and backwards. I think. He's probably the safest bet. If you if you're looking for the most balanced team, he's probably the one I would go for. Okay. Um Kyle Walker's second experience. Again, talking about pace, and if we set up the team right, I think he can overcome some of the go the issues he had going forward um for England in the in the tournament. Um now ranking the, them out of four doesn't mean like the the last is the is bad. The you know these four selected are top of the top creme de la creme for the English. So even ranking them as four, by no means is say, the fourth. By no means is saying that they're they're a bad player, but I think Trent Alexander Arnold edges Reese James just a little bit um, because of oh, I don't know. I can't even say it, you know it's a it's a club rivalry thing because I'm ranking a Liverpool player ahead of a Chelsea <laughs> player. I think that. If I were starting the team, if I were picking a team, I would pick Reese James ahead of um, Trent Alexander-Arnold. But knowing how Southgate sets up his teams, I reckon he will start Alexander-Arnold over Reese James. But in my head, it's Trippier, Walker, Reese James, Alexander-Arnold. Okay, Trippier at the bottom. Or trivia at the top. At sorry. the top. A trivia at the top, Walker. Yeah. 
Reese James, Alexander Arnold. Yeah. So Alexander Arnold is the fourth best right back in that setup. Yes. Currently. Okay. But by no means is he bad. No, no. 100%. Please don't kill me, Liverpool supporters. I was just looking at stats. Yeah. So Trippi has played three games in the league this season. He's got no goals, no no assists. Right. Um, Kyle Walker's played two games, no goals, no assists. Yeah. Has the clean sheet. I think Trippier has one clean sheet as well. Reese James has three appearances, obviously got the goal against Arsenal. Mm. Two assists aside from that mm-hmm. and has the clean sheet. Uh, Trent has three appearances, one assist, but two clean sheets. Mm. So if you're looking kind of on overall impact, you're going technically James and then Trent and then trippier than walker which is strange because that's what you're going by if the stats say yeah but, but i think because england's forwards and midfield doesn't have a lot of experience he's going to get the experience experienced players in the back and i don't know maybe again my skewed opinion on this i feel like there is a little bit of versatility that trippier brings to the other two don't 100 percent Again, uh, it's just really hard because all four of them are really well, trippier, good. Trippier brings left-back coverage as well, yep. which is why I'm guessing we haven't seen Chilwell selected this time around because yep. Trippier is going to be that backup for sure on the left. Yep. Because there's three games, so surely you're going to need two left-backs. Yeah. Again, uh, again, it's not a slight against any one of them because I like all of them. Like Anyone would be lucky to have any single one of them in their team set up. And we've got four of them. I mean, you were rumoured to get Trippier for a while during this transfer window. Yeah. I don't know if we wanted to spend 30, um, 30 mil or something like that that Atletico was asking for. Um, I mean, on a thirty-year-old, would Trippier have gotten into your team ahead of Wamba Saka, and or ahead of Luke Shaw as a left back? Oh, definitely not Luke yeah. Shaw. So, and Wamba Saka is defensively absolutely solid, and you know, obviously Kieran Trippier goes forward a little bit better. But like last year, Wamba Saka has done pretty good going forward. The set piece side of stuff. Now that we have loads of set, we have loads of set piece taker. So Wambasaka, 34 appearances in the Premier League last year. Two goals, four assists, 13 clean sheets. Not not the best as a world-class, so I wouldn't call him world-class, but compare if you look at the way he moves going forward, his decision-making in the final third, compared to the season before, it's a lot more encouraging. And plus you compare it to Trent. You know, Trent only got two goals as well. It's the same amount of yeah, goals. But got injured, Trent did it? get three assists. You got injured. Trent played two, ge- uh, two games more than Wambasaka. Oh, Oops. Trent played 36. That's why they call me a casual. Um, let me just double check Reese James quickly as well. I think what really, Reese James, James really impressed me last season, especially in that Champions League final, where he just completely... He matured. He definitely matured. Well, he matured, but also like because he's, a, he's so big, strong and fast, yeah. he just completely dominated Sterling. And as we've seen in the summer, Sterling is still a really, really good player. Sterling on his day, there are... I don't think there's many people that are better than him. Yeah, and he said six days in the summer, True. six good days. So, yeah, reshape again. Like again, it's not a, in my head. It's not a slight because I think all four of them are really good and got all their own sh- strengths. But I suppose if you were to ask me to pick a team, right back. I don't know. I mean, I mean, let's do it. Let's go on to it. I mean, yeah. this was one of the categories we spoke about anyway. Mm. Um, you were to choose your starting eleven for, I think it's the hungry game first on Wednesday. No, today's Wednesday, hmm. Thursday, Friday, one of the days after today. Yeah. 
Um, if you had to choose your England team to go into that game, now we're playing the strongest team. Yeah. Who are you picking? Okay, so go goalkeeper. We'll start from keeper. For me, it will be Pickford. Okay, let's go. Let's let's go through who you've got as well. Um, so you've got Pickford. I believe it's Johnston. Johnston and Pope, is it? Yep. Yes, yes. Sam Johnston, Jordan Pickford, and Nick Pope. So you're going Pickford. Yep. You? I would agree. Pickford on distribution, definitely. And, and Pickford, as much as the memes go, like he, you know, he the energy he has for doing his own job. He, um, he he's, he's a different animal for his country, especially for, yeah for England. He's just so different. He's so dominant. He commands the box well. His distribution, like this, yeah. I remember two tournaments ago. I would be worried. Oh, 100%. But now, I, you know, it's it's whatever. 100%. He, he, he's, he's got it. I guess I guess before we move forward, are you going with the 4-2-3-1? Are you changing up formation? 4-3-3, 3-4-3. I would play... I'm going to go front to back this time, in formation. I'll, so I'll play three in the front. Three at the front. I think Harry Kane needs runners behind him uh, for him to work. So three in the front. Are you looking at extra midfielder? Are you looking at three four three? Are you looking at four three three? It's three five three, with the wing backs being the five. Three five three might get you a bit too many. That's too many players, isn't it? Wait, is it? Yes. Yeah, with the goalkeeper, you could go three four three. Three four three. Three four three. Again, I am the casual <laughs> here. Please give me grace. Uh, okay. Also, math is not my strong suit. So you're going for three centre backs. So yeah. you've got obviously Connor Cody. Harry Maguire, Mings, John Stones, I guess Walker could be thrown into that category mm. as well. They're your five main centre-back choices. Yeah, so I'm going to put... Actually, Rhys James as well, because obviously he played there towards the end of last season. Kyle Walker, Harry Maguire, John Stones. Cool. Who are you, who's then your midfield for? Slash wing-backs. Oh, maybe, uh, maybe I've made this worse for myself. <laughs> I have, because there's not enough balance in this team now. Um, so obviously wing backs, you've got the choice of Trent, Luke Shaw, Reece James, Luke Shaw, Trippier. Walker. Luke Shaw and Trippier. Luke Shaw and Trippier, I think. Okay, Luke Shaw and Trippier. Yeah. So you leave out completely Reese James and Trent. Yes. Cool. Oh, actually, no. Luke Shaw and Alexander-Arnold. Okay. Yeah. So Trippier and James miss out on your starting eleven. Yeah. Okay, so you go on to the two central midfielders. You've got Bellingham, Henderson, Lingard, Mount, Phillips, and Rice. Normally, in sensible times, um, I would probably put Mason Mount with like a Declan Rice. But I was really disappointed with how Mason Mount ho- held the ball. His distribution in the in the games that he played, I wasn't you that know impressed. I'm wearing my Mason Mount jersey right now. I know, I can see it. It's yeah. it's it's reasonably nice looking as well. <laughs> um, I I I really like him. Like his, especially his first season, full season Chelsea. Wowed wowed me. But for England last season, I as in the tournament, I don't feel like he's able to play that holding like the the one that controls the tempo row and when they played him further forward he, i just don't think he held the ball well okay yeah it's it's normally normally the way i'll set it up i think if i play a three four three 
which I don't, you know, obviously we're not going to play that because th- um, we're, we're living in Tim's fantasy team, world. Tim. You, can, you um, can play what you want to play here. We're living in Tim's fantasy world. Tim's fantasy world. Yeah. Um, I think, just looking at what we have, oh man. Ty, I told you we should bring Deli, we should have brought Deli early. Um, yes, uh, Declan Rice. And Mason Mount at the end of the day. Okay, you're going to go for it. Yeah. You're going to go for Mount and Mason Rice. Mason Mount, yeah. Okay. Uh, as you've already alluded, I'm guessing your strike is Harry Kane because you did say that. Harry Kane. Okay, so who is your left wing and right wing left? So, out of obviously the forwards, winger-wise, you've got Grealish, Saka, Sancho, Sterling. I guess you could throw Mount out there. Um Lingard potential. Sterling on the left. I think he's he's consolidated that place for him in in the England setup uh, after the tournament. Unless if he plays miserably, um, I think he's got that place. Sterling always plays well, especially in tournament qualifying. Yeah, I think he's got you know he's got a chip off his shoulder he's for, really good, for England. Really, really good in qualifying. The right, um, I think, is between Saka and Sancho for me. Okay, interesting. Um, Sancho, Sancho, I feel has a higher ceiling than Saka, but Saka has been way more consistent. He's obviously at more playing time. Yeah, I guess the tricky thing so far is that you can't really judge Sancho because he hasn't had that same amount of playing time. Like no. He only started last weekend and he played, yeah. what, 60, 70 minutes? And it wasn't great. And um, the team performance wasn't great. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, we had one good game at the start of the season, Man United being, and then we just decided that was good enough. That, let's go back to yeah. let's go back to the garage. But then again, Saka's, Saka's only played a game as well this season. But yeah, at least Saka, can, we can rely on Saka's pre-off-season yeah. performance, and he was yeah. he was really good. Um, yeah, um, I completely forgot Jack Grealish is in this. Grealish M- is in there. Maybe I'll take Mason Mount out and put Jack Grealish in. Jack Grealish centre mid. Surely not. I, f- the way he carries the ball, we need someone in the middle that carries the ball. I, I, o- I often I think of him. I know we always. Pl- He's technically he is a le- le- left winger, right? He's a winger, right? Left winger. Yeah, I'm not he, wrong. In he, this. His main position is left wing. Yeah, could play centrally as an attacking midfielder, but I, I just don't see him working centrally. The way he always just drifts in the middle, I feel like the middle is where he belongs. I, I, people are going to again. I'm the casual, so people are going to flap me for this. But <laughs> I, I, I think Ty's going to Ty's going to have you for this next week. Well, you know, um, too bad you're not here yet. At your brother's wedding, so you can go, um, you know, do whatever you want to do. Um, but yes, uh, 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 yeah, I'm going to stick with this. Okay, I can't. The you, one, so the are you one, Greedish in or are you leaving Greedish out? He will come in as a sub, he, as, he, as okay, he so always has. He's always the first. First man to come in. Okay, he started on the bench. Okay, fair. Yeah. So I can't decide between Sa- uh, Saka and Sancho on the right. Okay, fair, fair. Okay, I would go completely opposite to you, to be fair. Yeah, I would go, go I'd stick with the formation, the 4-2-3-1. I think it works I mean, well. you know, we took it took us all the way to the final, so clearly it, did, it works. It did. Yeah. Um, Pickford in goal, as I said before. Yep. I don't think the back four is... Only th- the only th- the only difficulty you have with the back four is is that right back position. We're very over talented in the right back position right now. I mean, we we're taking four with us, so taking four, and we've still got the likes of Wan Bissaka, uh, even people like Carl Walker, Peters, Matty Cash, who are coming through, have had good seasons. Um, but that back four for me is sure. 
Maguire, Stones, and Walker. I think no matter what, he's mm. going to go Walker. Yeah. I mean, if if it wasn't Walker, I, I would be going... Walker gives him the flexibility of changing a back two to a back three. 100%. And that, that's yeah. where it gets tough. Yeah. Uh, if, if it wasn't Walker, I would definitely go James. Um, because I think the attractiveness of set pieces now, we've yeah. got all three right backs that can take them except for Walker. James can take them. And I don't know, man. Alexander-Arnold could take the, them. The image of little Sterling, not little, you know, he's a normal height human being, but running, being completely stopped by this gigantic mountain of a man, Reese James, will always be stuck in my head. And I so there is a little bit of an intimidation. If you're a winger and you're running up against Reese James, there's always going to be a little bit of that intimidating factor, I think. I think the question for me is is that James last season in the Champions League, he proved himself against quite a, a few good wingers. Yeah, absolutely. Whereas, like, what's Trent going to do when he comes up against Mbappe? What's Trent going to do when he comes up against... Nothing. He's not going to do anything because he's going to leave so much space in the back and Mbappe's just going to run behind him. This is the issue. So yeah. I would definitely go James. It's a close one because like, part of me does want to put Trippier in there for memorabilia, nostalgia. Um, but I, I, I would go Walker to begin with. Um, Holden two again. I think are untouchable. Rice and Phillips. Don't think you can change him. No. Um, the attacking three. Mount play centrally for me, all day every day. Um, Grealish. On the. R- Grealish on the left. Sterling on the right. I think. To be fair, and, and this is this is going to be the controversial bit because I would nine times out of ten, ten times out of ten, mm. I would put Harry Kane up front. Yeah, but because we haven't seen much of him this season, I'm debating whether I could put him up front I, at the moment. I, I mean, I, he's he's the captain, so he's going to play up front. Yeah, but Bamford has been consistent for the last year and a half. I mean, he has. If it, if, if Calvert Lewin wasn't injured, I'd be yeah. going Calvert Lewin up front uh, at the moment. I mean, you took him anyway. I would be I'd be going Calvert Lewin up yeah. front. Um, but the fact he's now injured and out of the squad, part of me wants to leave. I mean, you're going to go Kane. It's always going to be Kane because Southgate's going to choose Kane. But he is. Of form, I would want to put Bamford in there right now. And and again, because Kane's done well against a team from Portugal in the Europa Conference League yeah. and he's had one game at the weekend. And I think Kane always needs people running beside and, and behind him. And I just, for the life of me, I don't get why Southgate doesn't do it. So if you're not going to do it, you might as well play Bamford up front. Yeah, hundred percent. And if it doesn't work, then bring him back on next in, in the second half. And I, I think Bamford is well and truly uh, his England call up. Um, yeah, especially after the last year, he's done well last year. He's done well so far this year. I don't see why not. Okay, there we go. Mine and Tim's england teams um yep. we will get ty's england team and we will share it to the instagram and you can then vote for whose england team Ooh. you like the best we'll have to remember our teams now because i haven't written mine down <laughs> mine is the wacko one so i think i'll remember it okay we will do a poll for you to decide whose england teams you would go with uh that's gonna be something interesting we'll just re-listen to this it'll be a, be, well, it might have two votes on it and that'll be it it'll just be me, me you and ty voting for our own, Here we our go. own teams yeah <laughs> Uh, okay, keeping with the England players, um, this is something that I'm very passionate about right now. Oh, After here we this go. Weekend's. Here we go. Here we go. I'm warning you all. Okay, I'm going to have a bit of a rant here. So I was at work when this happened. And I, my I, phone were blitzed by the other two Chelsea fans. Yeah, you know, you see, you know what's coming now. I was 
I don't want to say fuming. I wasn't fuming. Um, very disappointed at the decision to send Reese James up against Liverpool. Now, I'm, I know a lot of people are going to be like, Nathan, you're a Chelsea fan. You're gonna, you're not going to be happy about it. But I, I feel like I would have felt... The, obviously, you'd be happy if it happened to a Liverpool player as a Chelsea fan. But I'd feel... I think I'd still feel the same way inside. So, obviously, Reese James sent off 45th minute. Uh, penalty given, Salah scored. Um, Chelsea, 10 men for the rest of the game, held the draw. I think the hard part for me is, is that it's accidental handball. So to begin with, I mean, oh no, to be fair, to begin with, I'm going to... Marcus Alonso, you took that out of Mendy's hands. Um, that was safe and sound. And Alonso, you've cost us three points here. Um, but anyway. The ball that comes off Mane's foot, it hits James's thigh first. Bounces off his thigh onto Reese James's arm. Reese James has then been sent off for the motion. So the, James's arm starts behind his body. His arm swings forward away from his body. Um, it then bounces onto his other hand as well, I believe, um, before it's obviously kept out. Now, ref goes to the monitor. Obviously, there's going to be conversation in his ear the whole time. Goes to the monitor, sees an individual screenshot of the moment that the ball hits the arm. Sends Reese James off. Correct decision in that case. Because that's what the referee's seen. The tough part for me is is that I don't feel it was a red card. And because of this, we're going to go into the law and everything like that, but because of the the passion I have in me right now, is it time for a law change to match the double jeopardy rule for a tackle? So currently, if you accidentally challenge someone in the box and they go down and penalties are given, you can't be sent off. So they, there can't be two, you know, two bad instances against a team. However, with accidental handball, that is not the case right now. So James, is, even though it was accidental, came off his thigh first, onto his arm. He's still been sent off because it's on the goal line. It's it's a tough one because you, if it's a tackle, you wouldn't be sent off for that because it's accidental. Well, let's go back to the incident first. I personally think when it happened, obviously when you guys were blowing up the uh, our chat <laughs> thread, um, my first thought was, it sounds like the ref has made up his decision. And all he did was went to the screen to confirm his decision, rather than to, com- rather than to make sure. That's why it was only a freeze frame. I think it's hard because the ref didn't give it originally, so it was given by VAR. VAR obviously, ever was he talked in his ear, told him what they feel, check the monitor. This is what we want you to see. Yeah, I, I, so I watched the thing, not live. I watched it after the fact. In my head. The whole, obviously, the the ball to hand was unfortunate, but then you see Reshame swings his arms towards the ball. Um, I feel like that was what, for me, that was what sold it for me. Uh, handball definitely. Um, I think if that had happened outside of the box, it's because really, uh, rules are so inconsistent, right? Um, what the same law could apply differently depending on the area of the field it happens in yes so if that happened I, in my head like in halfway th- in, 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 in the centre well even 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 if we take this you know three yeah. four yards off the line and yeah. the shot's a little bit further out if that hits his arm it's not a red card I don't think it's a red card in my it, it's it, not but because it's where it, where it happened that's why it's a red I just, I just whether or not it should have outdated sure but in, in in my understanding of the current interpretation of the law that that's why it's given. It's denied a clear and obvious goal-scoring chance. That's what he's yes. passed as. Yeah. Which is fair because it has. And I yeah. have no 
complaints about the penalty decision. I have the complaint about the handball decision. Because as you said, it's, it's been given for the motion technically. Yeah. But the ball hits his arm when it's behind him. The yep. ball doesn't make contact with his arm again while it's moving. There is there, there is no contact sure. there of his arm moving forward. So, yep. so so where the ball is bounced, his it's bounced from where it's hit his arm in the first instance anyway. Yeah. That's the hard part for me is that it's given for the motion. The motion doesn't affect anything. He still was sent off, and it's ruined a really good football game because it was end to end before that. Second half, it was just Chelsea parked the bus. Yeah. Uh, in my head. In that, in my non-in-the-moment viewing it after the fact, I feel like that is, yeah, that is um, a penalty in a red. But whether or not it should be a penalty in a red, like should what should it be one or the other? Um, that's a valid point for debate. Um, but as it stands, I don't think it's any more unfair than it is. Now, if if that happened to another team. And then only one of the two things happened. Then you absolutely should have should be angry about it. But it's a really tough one because it's really. I don't think re- that specific handball before the swing of the arm. I don't think there's any intention in it. I mean, there's, uh, no. But but then but then you know, who can? Is that what is intentional and what's an unintentional handball? That's that's. Obviously, the other thing that's. Yeah really added to this is that and when this happens you think oh why is this happening so silly um is that there is obviously now a thread of all of the decisions that anthony taylor has ever given against chelsea in the last few years Mm. and there's quite a few there's quite a few ones that you know you look at and you think cool this is this is this is adding up now uh so taylor was the ref of the 2020 fa cup final when kovacic got sent off for I think it was Xhaka standing on his foot. Um, there were, uh, I think there's a couple of Man United ones, one where Maguire is all over, has put a quetter in the area with his arms around him, pulls him down, no Just a given. cuddle. Uh, there's another one where I think it's again against Man United where uh, it's a kick out at someone. Um, Don't know what it's a weird thread. I, I, really should have, I really should find the thread. Um because there's quite there there is there is there is there was about six or seven different ones in the last few years. If I can get it to load, let me see if I can find it. I don't. I think as a main I support, I'm not going to argue about whether or not we've been on a receiving or unfavorable calls because you know um, even I can admit that there are plenty. Um, you'd be a delusional Man United fan to think there isn't. I found it. I found it. Oh, here uh, we go. Sanchez uh, Sanchez handball in the FA Cup final. Uh, pushes the ball into the box with his hands, then scores. Uh, Batshuayi getting kicked out at by uh, Maguire on the floor in the Carabao Cup. Uh, Harry Maguire then went on to score in the game. Uh, Paolo Gazaniga uh, jumping into Marcus Alonso inside the area. No contact into the ball. Um, the Kovacic red card was a terrible one. That was That was, I never understood. Um, but yeah, there's there's several. Uh, Martinez handling the ball outside the area in the FA Cup final as well uh, would have been a red card. There is hundreds. I'm not saying I agree with these, but when you see them and the kind of the amount of decisions that Chelsea haven't got that maybe they'd get on another day with Anthony, you can probably say this about every club and one referee. 
I'm sure there's United fans, Arsenal fans, Tottenham fans who don't like a certain referee. But it's, it's, it doesn't change my decision. I definitely think that the, the Maguire uh, one, uh, that's the only one I remember, that definitely felt a bit off with me. This one, this specific one we talk about with Rich James, I don't feel like it's a, I don't think it's a particularly outrageous call. It's a bat, it, it, it affects Chelsea deeply for sure. But I don't think. You've got to bear in mind as well that um, Anthony Taylor was born in Manchester. And a lot of these decisions. There's another one here. Uh, foul by Bruno Fernandes on William. Books William for diving. Man United again. Goal disallowed for Chelsea. Two disallowed goals in this game that cost Chelsea the tie. Bailly heads the ball onto the arm of Batshuayi from less than a yard away. And it's given as handball. Which makes me wonder, how do you, as, as the FA, how do you vet referee in terms I of... I do wonder. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an interesting topic to talk yeah. about one day, isn't it? Yeah. Really? To find out how that happens. I would love to know. If you're a ref and you're listening to this, at least let us know. Yeah, let, let, yeah, let us know. Anyway, that's that's enough about my passionate rant about how the law needs to change and how Reese James should never have been sent off. Um, but moving on, uh, something very exciting this weekend... Uh, the return of the Women's Super League. Mm-hmm. Very excited. Obviously, Chelsea won it on the final day of the season last year, pipping the t- Man City to the title by two points, I believe it was. Yeah. A um, lot of exciting games this weekend. Uh, the big one, obviously, Arsenal v Chelsea on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Played each other in pre-season in a friendly. I believe it ended 1-1. Yeah. Um, and I think the big news this year is that, obviously, it's being... it's it, Women's Super League has been broadcast on more mainstream media. So, Sky Sports have some rights to the to some of the games um, so that Arsenal Chelsea game is on TV also Manchester United v Reading women uh, is on Sky on Friday night um, so I, I'm really looking forward to it because you know I, you know, I have Sky I have Sky Sports I watch the football on there I'm really excited to get into watching some of the women's Super League games especially yep. after how the season went last year uh, I followed Chelsea women kind of closer towards the end when it was more picked up of how how good they were forming mm. um Obviously, Emma Hayes was a pundit during the Euros, kind of following her as well. And then seeing the Women's Olympics as well. Um, that was good. good so I'm there. really, really excited by the Women's Super League yeah. this, this, this year. And I'm excited to hear your thoughts, Tim, because, you know, I know you follow some of the women's internationals and things like that quite closely. I I think I follow women's football at first. I follow the women's uh, in the, the... Let me rephrase myself. Um, the USWNT... Um, the women's national team because they're the best team in the world and as a glory hunter I obviously <laughs> uh, look at the best team in the world and um, and you know with the activism they've been involved in over the last year and a half the equal pay movement and that sort of stuff um, which I'm completely for in that specific scenario of the women national team in America anyway off track there and then um, with the World Cup a few years ago in, in the UK it was hosted here right I believe it was. I think the yeah. women's Euros next year. Yeah. I think it's the women's Euros that are here yeah. next year as well. And then with the Olympics, um, and then, you know, you develop, you know, a fondness for certain players and you, you start appreciating the game more. Um, and I think the general public has started to appreciate the women's game more. More so here in, in Europe than I think than other sports, women's version of other sports in elsewhere in the world. Um I've told you this many times. The only Chelsea supporter you have, the only Chelsea player you find me supporting is Sam Kerr of Australian descent, along with Mason Mount. Never. Um, 
Samka, just so you know, as a is a forward, uh, Australian forward who who is the second record goal scorer in the W League in Australia, only recently surpassed, and she's also the record goal scorer in the best women's league in the world in America, uh, and now she plays for Chelsea. Um, Blue is the colour. And she's actually a top-running um, female footballer in the world at the moment. But anyway, all that stuff aside. But yeah, watching the Olympics in, in uh, um, f- women's football in the Olympics, what I was pleasantly surprised again and again was, and I- if you look at the Team GB and the Lioness, how much more aggressive they are in attacking, for example, and kind of better organised than um, Three Lions. This tournament anyway. There's a certain fluidity that um, the women play that I, you know, you can talk all about, you know, athleticism, so whether or not teams defend as well as, um, that's, a f- a fo- that's another debate, but the attacking play, it's quite attractive. Um, yeah, so that's my take on women's football at the moment. It's good to see the league growing um, and more and more actual live attendance as well. Um, yeah. You know, you hate to be the one to tell women can't be footballers. And hopefully one day, commercially, they'll be as successful as the men's game. Yeah, obviously touching as well, Sam Kerr was the top scorer in the Women's Super League last year. 21 goals and 22 appearances. Come on. Um, just a cracking player. Seven assists as well in that. Um, hey, and Champions League finalists. Champions League finalists, yeah. true, true. I mean, unfortunately, it was a four-nil defeat to Barcelona, yes. but you know, Barcelona were looking but, for revenge. But I think in in we've never been the English team has never been as good as the European teams and as the American teams, right? Yeah, yeah. So for them to make it, I'm just checking, making sure I'm not speaking on my bum. <laughs> um, but yeah, like for them to make it that far. It's a good progress. Very good progress. Yeah. Obviously, a lot of key names to look forward to. Mia Man- Dharma, another amazing... Man City's throwing a lot of money into it as well. Man City are. Man yeah. City and Chelsea are putting a lot into it. Uh, Arsenal ladies are really good. That's driven by Mia Dharma. Um, cracking, cracking footballer, Mia Dharma. The, the, right now, they're playing in Champions League against Real Madrid. 1-0, Man City. Um but I think, like, okay, I'm just going to go o- off a tangent a little bit. So Man City, I was debating with a friend t- this week about um, um, oil money and how, like, you look at PSG, how they're both throwing money at problems and and how, like, it's, to some people, that's a bit offensive because at the end of the day, they're just making money selling a product that the world needs. And Man City... You know, looking at their involvement in world football, not just Man City men's football, looking at, you know, youth football, women's football, football in America and Australia. You know, is it is it time for us to remove the stigma around oil money football for some teams? I don't know. It is annoying when you can throw 50 million at every single player you buy. But I think that's something worth thinking about. You have to look at it like... I think PSG are the only team in this window who could sign so many players on free. On threes, <laughs> but still afford their wages. Yeah. Like they're still expensive. Yeah, Messi, Ramos, because um, Ramos got a pay rise out of this. Ramos, Ramos has done really well. Wijnaldum, yeah. uh, who else was it? Hakimi, Donnarumma. Anyway, women, I don't mean to distract 
our conversation away from you, but just something maybe we'll talk about in a future episode. Oil, oil money, oil money in football. Um, I mean, my final final talking point, I'll make it quick because this wasn't something that we actually planned for originally, but I just remembered it's obviously now happened. Champions League draw happened last week. Mm. Uh, and obviously a load of awards. I think I should touch on them as a Chelsea fan, you know. Manager of the tournament, Thomas Tuchel. Uh, We're not goalkeeper of the oh, tournament, Edouard Mendy. Um, midfielder of the tournament, N'Golo Kante. Uh, player of the tournament, Jorginho, you know. And then we had the defender of the tournament, which is Ruben Diaz and forward of the tournament, Erling Haaland. But, you know, it's a Chelsea clean sweep. Um, obviously, some really good, really good Champions League groups. Yeah. Some tasty ties. Uh, Man City, PSG and Red Bull Leipzig in Group A along with Club Bruges. I mean, Leipzig's got the entire team raided by Bayern Munich. No, it's bad. Like, what was it? Bayern Munich have raided Leipzig's manager, best yeah. defender and their captains. And some of the coaching staff as well, apparently. Backroom staff. Crazy. But yeah, two good games there. PSG, Man City, Man City, Red Bull, Leipzig. Group B, Atletico Madrid, Porto, Liverpool, AC Milan. That, I think, is a group of death. Yeah. Because even though Porto and Milan are classed as pot three and pot four teams, they're still good teams. It's going to be a tough a tough group. Liverpool Milan, fans, Milan, any Liverpool Milan fans. Milan has a shot at the title this year. Milan do. Yeah. Right. yeah. Olivier Giroud, that's all you have to say. Um any Liverpool fans listening along, obviously give us your thoughts on your Champions League group. Uh, group C, Ajax, Besiktas, Borussia Dortmund, Sporting, Lisbon. Um, tasty group, Dortmund, I think should top that one. Uh, group D, Inter Milan, Real Madrid, Shakhtar Donetsk and Sheriff, uh, Tiraspol. Should be clear, Inter and Real Madrid really, shouldn't it, Tim? Well, you know, international in, uh, Inter sell, sold most of the players, most of the good players, so who well, knows. And to be fair, Shakhtar do sometimes cause a, an upset or two. Yeah, yeah. And also Sheriff playing in the Champions League for the first time, they might have some, some no pressure. Tasty surprises. They can play fearlessly. Yeah. Uh, Group E, Barcelona, Benfica, Dynamo, Kiev and Bayern Munich. Tasty games there, Bayern, Bayern Munich against Barcelona. Bayern against Barcelona light. This is one that I know, I don't know how you're going to feel about this, but you obviously Group F, Man United, uh, Atlanta, Villarreal, Young Boys. So you've got a tough Italian team in Atlanta. You've got a, a player, the, the team you lost to in the Europa League mm-hmm. last season twice. It's well, a tough like, group. Last last time round, we won three games, scored 18 goals, and we still didn't make it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's our fault, really. Um, we shot ourselves in the foot. We thought we'd beat... Um, it was a that was a Denver Bar masterclass, wasn't it? Basaksha here. Um, we last year we 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 beat PSG. Yeah, PSG. Basaksha and then we here thought we had it. Someone else. And then we just sort of unravelled. Yeah. So I with Man United, I'm never going to be like, oh yeah, we got it, we got it. It's a t- it's a tough group though, playing Villarreal again. Obviously, I know technically normal time you drew with Villarreal. Mm-hmm. Atlanta are a good team as well. Hey, a, a group game. I'm, no, nah, never mind. I'm not going to go be like group game. We'll be fine. <laughs> do you know? What, do you know what group G as well? I'm going to put out there is another group of death. Like, even though, even though no, no teams in this group yeah. are outstanding, Red Bull Salzburg, LOSC, they're Lille. all on a very similar level. Yeah, LOSC, Lille, Sevilla, and Wolfsburg. Any yeah. of those four teams could go through. Mm. I mean, you're looking probably more at Lille winning the league last year, Sevilla. Yeah, but any anyone go through from that group, and then Group H: um, Chelsea, Juventus, Malmo, Zenit. It has to be Chelsea and Juventus. Chelsea should do well. Should yeah, should. But you know, the last time you won the Champions League, 
the next time because last time you, la- last year you were all tell you all Chelsea fans were telling me all the similarities with the last time you won the Champions League. Change manager halfway through season. Yeah, and then afterwards, that's that manager got fired. So who knows? I think too. I know. I, th- I think I, I'm hoping. I'm hoping because I always wanted to stick with Lampard. So I'm hoping. I'm hoping we'll stick with Tuchel for a little while now. He's, uh, he's, he's, he's he looks one. like he knows what he's doing. He does much more so than uh, Roberto Di Matteo. True, and obviously as well as a Chelsea Juventus game. Uh, who could ever forget that tasty Oscar goal? Edge of the area, turn, finesse it into the top corner. Who's Oscar? He, he did move away for the money, but I suppose when you're 25 and someone's offering you half a mil, uh, exactly. more than half a mil exactly. a week. To be to be fair, he's still what 28, 29. He could still probably cut it in the Premier League. I don't know. After so many years out of it, what? Chi- no offense to the Chinese Super League or whatever it's called, um, but surely it's kind of like League Two over here. I I'd don't say know. a little bit more competitive. I haven't watched it. Championship. Anymore. Sorry, um, <laughs> but yes, um, but yeah. Um, anyway. Um, anyway, I mean that's there should be some good games in there. Ho- I mean, hopefully, fingers crossed. Again, upsets. Lots just of good games coming up. Champions upsets, League potential. starting soon. Carabao Cup third round starting soon. Women's Super League starting this week. International break this week. Premier League back in two weeks. Lots of tasty football to look forward to. Absolutely. Um, but, I mean, that, that that's all I've got for this, this week, Tim. Episode two plus three. Mm. Combination. Uh, hopefully, you all enjoyed it as much as we did not having Ty here. Um, but unfortunately, he will be back next week. Maybe there'll be a guest. Maybe, maybe there'll be a guest. Maybe we're working towards our first guest on the mm. series. You know, you've seen on the on our, on our Instagram the kicking about podcast. If you're not following, give us a follow, give us some likes. If you're not subscribed, make sure we'll you subscribe. Really appreciate it. So, yeah, subscribe to the podcast too while you're here. Yeah, uh, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Come give us some love. Um, but yeah, working towards maybe some like we did on Instagram with meet the team posts and meet the guest posts. Come on. Looking forward to that one. All right. You guys have a good one. Have a good one. Enjoy whatever you're doing right now after this podcast. And we'll see you next week. See you in the next one. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye.